Hello and welcome to Cannon and Cockrell. My name is Michael and I'm a Spurs fan. And I'm Jason and I'm an Arsenal fan. And we are recording this on Wednesday the 2nd of December. And just before we started, I read that it was on this day two years ago, Jason, that we actually recorded the very first episode of this podcast immediately after Arsenal had beaten Spurs 4-2 at the Emirates in Unai Emery's first season. Um, North London Derby, of course, the first of the season coming up on Sunday. Do you think, Jason, that it will be a, a similar result this time around? Um, no, <laughs> I think it'll be. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of still speechless at the moment when it comes to Arsenal because I have so many mixed emotions and so many thoughts. Um, that I, that I, I'm, I'm just at points. I think, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do something. But really, there's there's this despondent feeling where I just feel like I can see in my in my mind's eye, you know, three nil Spurs, Harry Kane, the mind games of injury, um, comes to score a brace, nice header from Hoiberg just to make me eat my words about his signing, and then. Jose doing his little uh, lap of honour to a couple of fans at the stadium. And, you know, it's uh, I'm feeling very anxious about it. And I don't usually get uptight about Arsenal games. I would say like before, I just kind of think, well, what happened will happen, you know. But I think this could be an absolute disaster if we if we get schmice. I mean, it could be it could be curtains for, for, for a lot of these players and, and um certainly put more questions on the manager. And I think, you know, a draw, we're going into this derby thinking a draw would be a good result. And I never thought I'd say that about an Arsenal-Tottenham derby. And that shows how far we've fallen. So I'm, um, I think I just feel devastated at the moment that all the hope and excitement that I spoke about probably only a handful of episodes ago um, has gone completely down the drain. And I, I just wonder whether you're feeling the complete and utter opposite because if I was in your position, I certainly would. Well, I wish I'd shared your, um, I suppose, not optimism from your perspective, but pessimism from your perspective, because I'm actually feeling quite anxious about this game purely because form and league position and all of that sort of goes out the window when it comes to any derby. But I feel like particularly this derby and North London derby and it just seems like it would be the perfect match for Arsenal to react and respond to their struggles at the moment. And I feel like Arteta and Arsenal, to his credit, to your credit, have been better in the bigger matches. You beat Manchester United, obviously you beat City and Chelsea to win the FA Cup last season. And I feel like Arteta's more naturally negative approach will actually work in your favour this time around. I, I don't think you're going to come out all guns blazing. You'll probably be quite defensive. And that might that might cause problems for us because we rely, certainly against Manchester City, we relied on teams coming on to us and us being able to sit back and hit them on the counter. Whereas teams who've sat back and defended deep, like Burnley did against us or like West Brom did against us, we found it harder to, to break down. And, and particularly if we are going to be without Harry Kane, I mean, that news broke today about his injury Hopefully it's just mind games. I think Mourinho said he expects him that he will play on Sunday. But I just, I don't know. I feel very uncomfortable going into this match being overwhelming favourites. It's not something I'm used to. And the thing it reminds me of 
and I hate to bring this up, but is the the first 5-2 at the Emirates where we went in, we were about 10 points ahead of you, um, people talking us up for the title, talks of power shift, people thought we were going to absolutely smash you. We went 2-0 up early on and then we all know what happened next. I don't think it will be the same scoreline as that, but I just feel like if there's any match where you'd think that Arsenal and Arteta will rally themselves and step up, then this will be the one. But then on the other hand, I feel like Mourinho is the type of manager who won't let the team get carried away with themselves, won't let them be complacent. And you mentioned the fans there, and even though it's only 2,000 fans, I just wonder what impact, if any, that will have on the match. I mean, these players have got so used to having no fans that even if it's only a limited number, that could have quite a big impact on proceedings. And given that there'll be no away fans, is that something that can tilt the match in our favour? I don't know. But I feel like, yeah, you look at where we are in the league, where you are in the league, our recent performances, and I should feel confident. And if it was any other team than Arsenal, if we were just playing whoever was 14th in the league and who was on the same form and playing as you, the way you've been, I'd feel confident about a win. But because it's Arsenal and because of the history, I just can't take it for granted. And I know how much you would love to be the team to knock us off the table and to to start reducing that gap. And I wonder if there's any part of you that thinks this team is is capable of that. And if they do, whether in a way that would be more annoying because it would show even more how much they've been underperforming and underachieving in recent matches. Mm, it was interesting. I just wanted to uh, take up that point about saying about the fans coming back in and even a few. And even if it's just Spurs fans, I wonder whether that could work against you because maybe Spurs have been doing well because they haven't had that kind of hostility or or, or that so much hoped and optimism that the nervous energy gets the better of them. So I don't know whether that amount of fans makes any difference at all, but it would be interesting to see if there's a correlation. Um, in terms of whether this team is capable of it, I don't think so, no. I mean, I don't think... Even at their best, I'm not quite sure this team is good enough to beat Spurs. I mean, I think that if the tactics are right and they they, they slot in perfectly against Mourinho's tactics, then it might be more of a tactical game where, where we do nick a winner and um, get victory through that, but not out of the, you know talents out of the players to be honest I think what's been shown this season is that these top players we thought we had are actually uh, poor they're actually really poor players there's a reason why none of them want to leave Arsenal there's a reason why they're signing long-term contracts and there's a reason why they don't have motivation to do any better you know it's a very comfortable ship at the moment Um, Willian knows that no one's ousting him because we haven't got anyone to oust him and that's a real problem. You know, you thought we'd have some young, exciting players you could throw in. You know, people saying, oh, we need party for this game. We need party. Well, we didn't have party a few weeks ago or a month and a bit ago. And he's not, you know, obviously he will improve our team. But he's not the answer to this whole thing. You know, it's a collective team effort. And, and it, it does come down to the manager to make sure that he puts the right team out and the right formation out and, and coaches them correctly ahead of Sunday. Um, I just, every scenario in my head does not point to an Arsenal win. Aubameyang's not firing. He doesn't even look like he wants to be there anymore. Saka is a bright spark, but I don't think he has the right players around him. 
I don't even want to start on Willian because I've been proven mightily wrong on that. Shaka and Zabios is an absolute joke double act, like Sideshow Bob and uh, what's his name, Krusty the Clown. I mean, sorry, copyright Simpsons, but all that jazz. You know, Bellerin's okay, Tierney's okay, but it's all very well having them attack, but then defensively we're left short. Gabriel, we're, we're all saying how great Gabriel is and holding and, and Leno the great, but why are we conceding lots of goals then? Some, something's uh, wrong there. And, and I'd like to say, I've seen a lot of whispers saying, oh, I think, I think uh, you know, we made the wrong decision with the goalkeeper. And the fact that Jason uh, can say that, North London, um, sums up the whole show at the moment. It's, um, you know, it, you'd think that you could go into a North London derby, like you said, thinking form doesn't matter. Um, it's all about, you know, circumstances on the day and the, you know, the whole build up and the managers and, and the, the fan bars. But this year, it just feels like um, I, I, we might as well just not even bother turning up to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We might, or whatever you call it nowadays, we might as well just uh, we might as well just give you three points and move on to the Burnley game. That That's kind of how I feel. And that, that is um, to have fallen in love, back in love with Arsenal again and then back out of love at the moment is uh, is absolutely tragic. So to answer your question in the short way, no, I don't think we, we can win. I don't think those players can. And um, I, I don't know how they win back the fans at this stage. And, and I guess, again, I, I, I push it back to you. What, what would it mean for Spurs to win this derby? Because obviously sitting top of the league, I mean, I, I don't know the last time, if ever, in Premier League times, the Spurs have been top of the league for two game weeks in a row um, consecutively. Um, just how you feel, the feeling. If, 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 if you let your, your mind wander and get excited, uh, what, would it, what would it mean, this win in particular? Well, there's a few things. I mean, first of all, you, you mentioned William there. I, I guarantee he will score. He Obviously, there's a history with William and Tottenham, and he always scored against us when he played for Chelsea. So it wouldn't surprise me if he scores on Sunday. But in terms of top of the table and what it would mean, I think I think a lot of Spurs fans feel similarly to me in that because of the history of this fixture, fixture we're not taking it for granted. But there is a big desire to capitalise on this current moment and to really, really thrash Arsenal in a way that we haven't done since probably the 5-1 in the Carling Cup, which was a bit of a, a freak at the time. But we, we haven't really kind of taken you apart, even though we've been significantly better than you these past few years. Whenever we've played you, whenever we've won, they've always been quite narrow 1-0, 2-0 victories. And I think definitely people want to see us do to you what we did to Manchester United, for example. But I, I don't think that'll happen. I think if it is a win, I think it will be a, a narrow one. But I think there's obviously what it means in, in terms of the derby, which obviously winning the derby at any moment in time means a lot. But then what it would mean in the context of <laughs> and having just beaten Manchester City and Chelsea, you know, we're in the middle of a really tough run of fixtures. And if we can keep that momentum going, it, it could be huge. And in terms of being top of the table, I think I read somewhere that we've now been top of the table the longer than we have been in the previous 10 seasons combined. And when we went top, it was actually the, the, the first time we've been top of the league since August 2014, which actually puts into perspective the Leicester season in 2015-16, because the whole narrative around that season 
is that we bottled the league, even though we were never top of the league at any point, unlike Arsenal, who were actually top of the league at Christmas. I mean, we did we did bottle second, but we didn't bottle first. But that's the, the story that's given, even though we were never top. And similarly, 2016-17, when Chelsea won the league, we were never top. Whereas now, we've been top for two weekends and, and you could you could see us feasibly staying there and potentially being top at, at Christmas if we continue this run. And, and it does make you start to, to wonder about whether or not, you know, I think a few weeks back, maybe it was after the Man United game, maybe even before then, there was talk about can Tottenham be title contenders this season? I think Harry Redknapp was one of the first people to say it on Sky and people sort of mocked him for it, I think yourself included. And I think I was a little bit like, oh, you know, he's gone too soon. Um, and But I think the only, if you look at it kind of rationally and objectively, the only reason why I as a Spurs fan and in probably neutral pundits aren't going further in declaring us as title contenders is purely because we just haven't seen us win it recently. You know, we haven't won it since 1961. And so there's that reluctance then to to say that we're capable of doing it. But when you're managed by someone who's won the title three times, when you've got not just, I'd argue, the best striker in the league, but one of the best strikers in Europe, when you've got a much deeper squad than you've had for, for years, when you're top of the league after 10 games, having beaten City and it got a good draw away at um, Sanford Bridge in order to do it, then you have to consider yourself capable of doing it. Whether we will do it or not is another question. I think Liverpool still look so strong, even with all the injuries they've had. And if we were to lose Kane and Son for a long period of time, like last season, I think we would still struggle, even with the recent acquisitions we've made. Um, so I don't think we're going to necessarily, I'm not going to go as far as to say we're going to win the title. And obviously Mourinho is very much wanting to play it down and say, look, we're, we're not even a horse for a pony or, or whatever he was saying, because I think he, you know, before the start of this season, people weren't even predicting us for top four. Most pundits I saw had us finishing below Arsenal and finishing sixth. And now we're probably going to get into another situation again, where people are going to say we've bottled it if we don't win the league, even though, that wasn't the expectation going in. But I think definitely I feel a lot more confident about our ability to finish top four and win a trophy. And I think if we can get through this run of fixtures and we can beat Arsenal comprehensively and still be round about where we are by the new year, then I think it um, could potentially be a very exciting time for us. But there's still a long way to go and it's such a topsy-turvy, unpredictable season that it feels a bit foolish to kind of predict anything, let alone winning a title. But I'm not going to lie, it is very exciting, the football we're playing at the moment. And I am trying to, as I said earlier, live in the moment this season and enjoy each match and each week as it comes. And at this moment in time, when I get the Premier League table up on my phone, we're in first place, Arsenal in 14th place. We've got the best goal difference in the league. All is well. But... Um, things can can change very, very quickly. Yeah. I mean, you did. I remember a few weeks ago, you said if we get through, if we, not we, if you Spurs wish. get through, yeah, if Spurs get through that kind of run of fixtures, and I thought there's no chance you're going to come out unscathed from those, wherever the fixtures were, that Chelsea game, that City game, I'm not sure who the other ones were, and you, and you have. So it's, I mean, hats off to you as a, as a you know, as a football fan, it's I've, I've 
I've watched a lot of Spurs games purely from a fantasy football focus, and uh, thank you for the points. You know, you've lo- you've looked very, very good, very fluid, um, still still susceptible to conceding a goal, but I think you have such attacking riches that it almost doesn't matter in a way. And it's kind of I wouldn't quite say you're like Man City, but certainly um, that kind of flowing football when it's at its best is it, it, certainly comparable. And I guess. From an from a outside perspective, I think it's a case of does Jose explode in one of his uh, annual tantrums? Do you get those bad injuries? And uh, will City and Liverpool get back to their, their real firing ways? I mean, City certainly look like they're getting back into it. And I don't think anyone can stop them. If they, if they go sign someone big in January, um, which I think they could easily do, um, potentially up front, then I then I think it it might be very tough. But listen, from a footballing point of view, you want to see a lot of teams in it till the end. Um, but I'm still doing my research on what country will take me in after if Spurs win the league. Well, you know, with with, with Brexit and COVID, that list of countries that will take you in might might not be that high. Well, I was going to say maybe uh, I don't know, I don't know. I was going to say Spain, but Emery will probably block me. <laughs> He'll know. He'll know. Well, Emery, Emery's doing very well there at the moment. Well, that, that's the funny thing, isn't it? That, you know, you have someone like Arsene Wenger who he criticised, and now we look back and he did a fantastic job uh, compared to the subsequent managers. But then you have Emery doing well in, in Villarreal. You, had, you know, Pep, uh, not Pep, he wishes. Arteta was doing really well at City, albeit in the backroom staff. There's something about this job at the moment is just uh, is just toxic. And it was interesting seeing Freddie Lindbergh on Sky Sports. He's being a little bit coy because I think he obviously has his connections and he, he wants to get a management role. But but he seems as confused as everyone else. And, and that confuses me. It doesn't make sense that the Mesut Ozil thing, the style thing, the Pepe thing, everything is just shrouded in a cloud of mystery at Arsenal. And, and Gary Neville said something really interesting. I don't know if you... If you heard it on Sky Sports during one, I'm not sure what game it was. He said something like, he was almost like speaking off camera because he was he was like, I'm just confused how Spurs have overtaken Arsenal over these years. Like, you know, they've done the new stadium. Arsenal spent all the money. They had all those great players and they've just completely let the tide switch. And although the clubs aren't mutually entwined, it's just very, very hard to comprehend. And it kind of feels like beyond what United were, you know, at least when United had Moyes, they, they got rid of him quite early, um, tried a few things and kind of slowly came back a little bit. Um, but, but we look like we're going down, 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 down. And that is, uh, that is the big fear at the moment. And so, so how much is it, you said there's something almost cursed about the club in a way. How, how much is this the club's fault and how much blame it lies with Arteta. I mean, last time we spoke, you said you weren't Arteta out, but Arteta behave. I mean, how how do you think he's behaving himself? Because this is his, he's been there about a year now, roughly, or, or almost a year. He's had a full summer pre-season transfer windows. This is his team. I mean, maybe he hasn't got all the players he want, but at least they're playing how he, well, you'd, you'd hope how he wants them to. I mean, this is the product of, of the time that he's had with them. And this is what's being served up. So how much is that his fault? And how much is, do you think he's being constrained by 
the players he's inherited and, and maybe the kind of political situation behind the scenes at the club? Yeah, I mean, I used to always say, guys, listen, we've, we've spent a lot of money. We've got some decent players here. We should be doing better. And I still believe that. I, I know there was a lot going on behind the scenes in the summer where we, we kind of had a, I don't even know what they were in the end on the board, but there were, there were transfers coming in with inflated fees. They were all linked to the same agent, new contracts for aging players, high wages. Um, nevertheless, they were still big player names and good enough to do a job. Are you telling me that, uh, what they call like Palace or Southampton wouldn't have taken David Luiz and um, Willian and made them better? So, and it, what the most confusing thing about everything is that we started the season so well. That Fulham game, it was like the most unbelievable thing. I thought, oh my God, we're, we're, we're back. We're back, baby. We've won, the, we've won the cup, we've won the community shield, won the first game. We look flowing, won 3-0, bring it on. And then we kind of stumbled. And I have no idea what. It's got nothing to do with Meza Ozil. He hasn't been involved in the club for a year and a bit. He's he's not, you know, he's he's not a Arsenal player anymore in my mind. And he's not the answer. He was lazy before um, Arteta came in. He's not going to suddenly turn it up, especially when he knows he's not wanted at the club. Um, I, I suppose in terms of recruitment, I mean, in terms of su- summer recruitment. Um, Party was a great signing. Gabriel seems to have been a great signing. Willian on paper, there is no reason that he's suddenly not turned up. Um, I don't know if I'm missing anyone off the top of my mind. Um, and yes, although I, I'm a very big believer that Martinez was the right option, and you can see with Villa how he starts the attack. You know, the goalkeeper playing out the back is so much better when you have someone who can actually do it properly, which Leno hasn't shown that he can for me with confidence. Um, but that, again, is not enough to derail. So uh, the strange thing is, you said he, he's been at, at the club for a year, Arteta. And we, I think at the beginning, it was more about we saw a bit of life and energy and effort. And that was what we liked. And then we sort of went on this defensive run where we were being really solid and countering. And that kind of relied on Aubameyang being on fire. Um, and then it seems as soon as he's dried up, we've dried up. And you can't rely on a player that much, especially at this elite level. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking if, if that's the style he wants to play up, Teta, then what, what on earth has he learned from Man City? He might as well have been Black, Blackburn Rovers for, uh, for three years as number two. It doesn't make sense unless he's learned to adapt to the players he's got. And in that case, it's an insult to the players. I mean, um, I was going to say I saw an interview with him um, today and it was, it was written i don't know where the source was from but saying something like you know i need six players to make it work and it was like well, what do you what do you mean you 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 suddenly you're all right with your players you're bigging them up and then overnight i mean is it because the window's coming up very soon the transfer window could be um but there's enough talent in that squad as i as i was saying there's enough to certainly be in that top half of the table um, if not the, the, that top seven. Um, but it's about something being clicking together. And we've tried a few formations. We've chopped in and out a little bit with players. But I don't see any spark or sign of Arteta knowing what the right thing to do is. And it was unbelievable, really. During the game against uh, Wolves, I, I looked at the odds managerial odds for next manager to be sacked. And Arteta sat at 50 to 1, pretty high 
um, or least likely. And then after the game, he ends up at 10 to 1. Now, a lot of people are saying we can't afford to sack Arteta. Um, we won't be able to attract all these big managers. We don't have the money to do so. But you've got to think, how low has it got to go until something changes? And, you know, you can try and rely on Arteta to change it. And, you know, there, there are examples of it. Hasenhutl for Southampton is a brilliant one based on what happened to him last year. But I just wonder whether the, this naivety or inexperience has caught up with Arteta. Maybe as, as we kind of, I think you even mentioned it, has he peaked too early? And, and I tried to deny it all I could. Uh, but I've, I've, I don't think I've ever seen an Arsenal team like this. You know, where it's every single week, it's 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 not there's nothing to look, and that's been we've been like that since the start of the season, ever since the first game, in my opinion. And you know, we need to see what will happen. Maybe in the League Cup, if we're in the quarters now, get a good result against City, get that sort of cup boost, and then maybe you know we just need to save face. I mean, I, I'd be happy at this rate. I'd, I want to go all broke for Europa League as Champions League qualification if we can nice trophy as well and but at this rate we'd be lucky to qualify for whatever that new conference europe europa league is so it's uh arteta's got a lot to do and i hate to say this but i now think that i i, I probably would have wanted to swap managers this time uh last year i think um i think uh Jose could have done something with the squad, as he's shown with with Tottenham so far. Uh, it's a big statement there. But I think, I mean, if you look at, I mean, they they both came around similar times. And I think if you look now one year on, it's undeniable that Mourinho is currently doing a better job than Arteta. Whether that remains the case, we'll have to wait and see. But maybe with the, the, the squad that Arsenal had at this moment in time, Maybe you needed more of an established manager who could get the best out of that particular squad rather than someone who is trying to build kind of a new project. But I guess if you are doing something like that, you need to give him the time and patience to to see it through. But I guess like you say, particularly for a club like Arsenal, you, you still need the results to come along with that. And maybe that FA Cup win set some unrealistic expectations. You mentioned Europa League there. And you kind of answered it already, but I was going to ask how important now you think that is to your season, because I feel like these past few seasons, you've put all your all your eggs in the Europa League and you did get to the final and, and the semi-final. I mean, do you do you see that as a realistic view of the season, particularly if the likes of Real Madrid or PSG do end up dropping into it? Do you, I mean, do you think it, it could be another Europa League or bust season? Well, if, it, if uh, some of those bigger teams come in, I don't think we have a, a real chance, but... Yeah, I think that that's all we can really rely on. And, and what I worry about is we've already qualified for the next stage. We'll probably play the kids in the next uh, tomorrow and, and the time after. But I want I want us to take it seriously from that next group stage, because even though they were a good team last year, I think we underestimated Olympi- Olympiacos and, and, we, and we went out. And I think we need to take it really seriously, see those as our cup finals and 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 do something different to make sure we really comprehensively win. And it looks like so far so good. But when we face a big team, which we eventually will, I, maybe the Mikhail of old with, with his counter-attacking skills will, will come to the good. Um, who knows what will happen? But yeah, for me, it's 
for me right now, listen, there's only five points. We're only five points away from top four. If we have a, if we manage to get a lucky win against you and we have a bit of momentum with us, who knows what will happen? Um, as I said, I can't see that happening, but it, it's certainly something to look forward to now to say, okay, we can kind of put it to bed for the Christmas festive period. And then hopefully we get some reinforcements to January. Everyone comes, everyone comes back uh, to full fitness. Something clicks with the team. And then we have a proper go at it. And that would be the exciting part. Um, so I'm even bigging myself up a little bit now. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit a little bit more optimistic. Thank you for that. Um, and uh, But it's going to be interesting because obviously Spurs, who knows what will happen in the league. They can't rest all their laurels on that at this rate. So I'm sure they'll be going for the Europa League as well. So it's going to be tough. And I kind of wanted to ask you about that League Cup, obviously, because I'm pretty sure, I can't remember who, but I'm sure Spurs got a pretty good draw in that quarterfinal. And, and whether it's something you're keeping an eye on as a as a little Jose special in the middle of the season. Yeah, we've got Stoke, uh, a cold, wet night at Stoke, I think on the, the 23rd of December. Um, and look, I mean, that trophy, both times uh, Mourinho won the league at Chelsea the, fir- the first time round, he won the League Cup first. And I think he, he places a lot of importance in that trophy because it is the first major trophy of the season. And I think it, it sets a marker down. If you can win that, it gets the winning mentality in the squad. And I think he sees it as something that can then push the team on to win something bigger at the end of the season. So I think he will be going all out for that. And I think he sees that as a big opportunity to get his first piece of silverware at the club and to really set um, a winning mentality. And now we've beaten Man City in the league, beat United 6-1, obviously, drew uh, 0-0 with Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. I think there'll be a belief that if we do get past Stoke and we have a big semi-final or final against one of those teams, I can't really remember who else is in it at this stage. I know obviously Arsenal and Man City are in it. I can't remember what the other quarterfinals are. But I think there'll be a real belief and desire amongst Mourinho and the team to go and win that trophy and hope that it can be a, a springboard for hopefully greater success uh, at the end of the season because obviously an FA Cup or the Europa League or a Premier League would obviously be a much bigger deal than, than winning that but I think you need to win that first trophy because then once you do uh, often a lot of winning teams have said it's it's the hardest thing is to win the first one but then once you do others follow and I mean you saw it to an extent with Arsenal winning the Community Shield after they won the FA Cup and who knows maybe you'll win the League Cup and maybe Arteta and Arsenal will just be a cup team. Maybe you'll be, but you'll be better suited for those kind of one-off games against other big six sides rather than the kind of week-in, week-out grind of, of the league. But certainly it'll be interesting to see. And it'll be very interesting if, uh, say, we met in the, the semi-finals, like in the, in 2008, maybe we can repeat our uh, our classic 2008 run when we last won a trophy by beating Arsenal in the semi-final. Wouldn't that be nice? It would not be nice, No. <laughs> And actually, looking ahead to the derby, I, I just thought it might be quite interesting to see. Obviously, people like to do combined lineups before matches like this. And I was wondering how many Tottenham players you would like in your first 11, if you could, and how many Arsenal players you would keep if you were to do a, a Spurs Arsenal combined 11. It was probably easy for me. I would have 11 Spurs players in the starting lineup and, and zero Arsenal players would be kept. Fair enough. Yeah. I think, I, I, to be honest, last season, I would have said there were a couple of Arsenal players who I would have t- taken in our first 11. Now there's maybe a couple I'd still take on the bench. 
but I, w- I would genuinely say that we have a better first 11 than you, which only makes it me more nervous about Sunday, because like you said, it really does show that we should win. If if you had to predict a scoreline for Sunday, what would you go for? Mm. 3-0 Spurs. Still 3-0 Spurs. I can't see a scoring. And I just, I know when Spurs open the floodgates, I could just see it in my mind, you know. And I guess I'd love to throw the question back to you, although I don't want to make you too superstitious. Well, I, I actually have a feeling that it could end up being nil-nil or being like the game we just played against Chelsea because I feel like even though Arteta would probably never admit this, for him, I, I feel like it's much more of a can't-lose game rather than a, a must-win. Like I feel like his main priority would be, I, I can't lose this. It's the derby, you know, I'm under pressure. And as I said, he naturally sets up quite negatively anyway in these matches. And I feel like Mourinho will, will want to be counter-attacking Arsenal. But if if you're not attacking us for us to counter-attack you, I can kind of see us cancelling each other out. And like you said, if if the fans transmit some nervousness to the Spurs team, if Arteta's playing naturally defensive and doesn't want to take too many risks, if Mourinho's naturally risk-averse anyway, I could kind of see it petering out to a draw, particularly if we are missing Harry Kane. I mean, hopefully he is playing, but... I know I, I could see it being quite a tight KG draw, which I get would be a, a much better result for you than it, it would be for us, which is saying something because ordinarily it used to be we'd be in, in your shoes and that coming out of the North London Derby with a draw would be a good result and it'd be disappointing for Arsenal not to have won it, whereas now the, the tables have turned a bit. But yeah, I just wonder whether the, the naturally negative instincts of the managers and the greater desire on Arteta's part may be not to lose it might might lead to a, a draw. It's funny how if you say it'll be a draw and I say it'll be a Spurs win, it'll probably be an Arsenal win. So probably I'll be happy with that. I mean, I, I wonder teams looking around the league, I'm sure will want Arsenal to do a, a job on you and hopefully that positive energy can drive us forward. But I, I, again, I, nobody even knows what the lineup's going to be. There's mind games from um, Mourinho, and I don't think it's mind games from Arteta. I think he really doesn't think half his squad's up for it. Um, I think the best thing he could do is is drop a Bamiyang, um on Sunday. I've said it before. Really prove a point that if you're not performing in this team, you're out. See if he can come off the bench and prove himself. Um, bring some pace when the Spurs defence are tired. And who knows what could happen. It could be a... a a real error, but at this stage, I don't think Arteta's got anything to lose at the moment because his his stock and the club stock is so low. Um, I think we're becoming another Leeds or Villa, but with money doesn't even make sense. Well, I mean, I bet you wish you were playing as good football as Leeds and Villa are lately. Well, that that's my problem with all of it is that if if those clubs who haven't spent as much money have smaller grounds, have have been in the Championship more recently than winning a trophy, can play good football and beat the best. Why can't we? Well, maybe this time next week we'll be talking about uh, an Arsenal victory where you've turned it on and and played like vintage Aston Villa and and shown what you can do. You never know. And you know what? If if they turn that around, on air I'll say an apology to Arteta and to the players and say they got a bit of life in them and thank them very much. Um, but I'll believe it when I see it because at the moment I think that I'm more likely to see 
pigs fly or, or a coronavirus vaccine or something. <laughs> well, we shall see. And um, I, I wish you uh, the, the worst of luck for Sunday. I hope you have a miserable afternoon. And I hope that you don't look forward to discussing it with me on the next episode of this podcast. I appreciate it. Right back at you.